Hey, you're listening to Guat Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, you got it, say it with me. Advancing Equilibrium in the Midst of an Agitated World. Season 15, Episode 323, Title, To Recover Conscience. Subtitle, Prescription for Peace. I tell you, my friend, I am super excited about this podcast. I came across this sermon some time ago. I don't even know how I did but it was written back in 1612, and I'm going to get into that in just a minute. But I'm telling you, from the moment I saw the sermon title, I thought, wait, this is a game changer. And I want to remind you that the things that I bring to the table here in this monologue podcast are things that God is using to speak into my life. I definitely haven't arrived. There's so much work of God to be done in my life, and this particular message is profound, and I am excited. So I want you to listen closely. It is profound, and I think it's going to be something that you'll want to refer to time and again. And also, I would encourage you, after you hear it, I think you're going to see that this is something that you could send on to other people to help them live a successful, peaceful life. This podcast is based on Balm from Gilead to Recover Conscience, a sermon by Thomas Adams, first published in 1612. Adam's sermon is a classic example of Puritan preaching. The Puritans were a group of English Protestants who emphasized the importance of personal faith and individual responsibility. They believed that each person could have a direct relationship with God and that they were accountable to God for their own actions. In his sermon, he argues that each person has a conscience, which is an essential part of the human soul. Conscience is the voice of God within us, and it tells us right from wrong. He discusses the nature of conscience, the importance of a good conscience, and how to recover a troubled conscience. His words are just as timely and relevant now as the day he preached them over 400 years ago. The link to the public domain document is in the show notes. It's interesting to note that the document is a recreation of the sermon Adams preached based off of his sermon notes that someone present in the service that day obtained from him at the close of the service. So as you read the sermon... It can be slightly disjunctive because the outline points that he talks about at the beginning of the message are hard to detect at times within the sermon document because, in fact, it was piecemealed together from the listener's memory or perhaps notes taken coupled with the notes that Adams used as he spoke. I tell you, my friend, it is a great thing for us that this valuable insight into human conscience was preserved for us to enjoy for our good. The first question we need to answer is, what is a conscience? There are so many perspectives on how to answer this question today, and it's due to the abandonment of the Bible that informs us about man. Conscience is an inbred faculty of the soul. It's inbred. It's a faculty of the soul, a noble and divine power planted of God in the soul, working upon itself by reflection. Or another way of thinking about it, the conscience is the soul of a man recoiling upon itself. This is a key powerful statement of paramount impact to the rest of this podcast, that the conscience is the soul of a man recoiling upon itself. Conscience is not a habit, it's not a learned behavior, or a social conditioning, but rather an essential part of the human soul. Conscience is a faculty because it produces acts, and it is not got or lost as habits are, but is inseparable from the soul, immovable from the subject as neither acts nor habits are. In other words, conscience is a part of who we are. 
It is not something that we can choose to have or not have. Conscience is always working, even when we are not aware of it. It is constantly judging our actions and thoughts, and it can either bring us peace or torment us. Can you see right up front here in this discussion why Darwinism is so foundational to the assault of Satan on the human existence? In today's culture, there is a full-on assault with Darwin's teachings of evolution at the core that is wreaking havoc in every corridor of humanity. Take any aspect of human living, societal norms and expectations, and the rule of law, and gut it of the universal Bible truth that man was made in God's image with an embedded core in his soul called conscience, and every form of demonic hell is unleashed. There are three main functions of conscience. This is amazing. Listen to this. Three main functions of conscience. Number one, as a judge. Conscience determines right from wrong and pronounces judgment on our actions. It is always determining and prescribing, absolving and condemning de jour, or according to God's law. Number two, in the memory, it is a recorder. It is a register, a recorder and witness testifying de facto, or according to what really happened. Conscience keeps a record of our actions both good and bad. Number three, in the will and affections, it is a jailer and executioner. Conscience punishes us for our sins and rewards us for our good deeds. The importance of a good conscience cannot be overestimated. A good conscience is essential for a godly, happy, and fulfilling life, and it is the best evidence of a good heart. And by good heart, I mean a heart that has been redeemed and made alive in Jesus Christ. A good conscience is the sweet cordial, a precious jewel, a rich treasure, a sure anchor, a strong tower, a comfortable companion. I like that. A comfortable companion, a faithful guide. Wow. A faithful guide, a constant friend, a never failing comforter. A good conscience is the greatest blessing that God can bestow upon us. It is the peace of our souls, the life of our souls, and the joy of our souls. Let me say this again. This is fundamental. A good conscience is the greatest blessing that God can bestow upon us. It is the peace of our souls, the life of our souls, and the joy of our souls. There are many benefits of a good conscience. Number one, it brings peace of mind. Number two, it gives us courage to do what is right. Number three, it protects us from temptation. Number four, it helps us to make good decisions. Number five, it leads us to a happy and fulfilling life. Number six, it is the best preparation for death. Number seven, it will be our best comfort in the day of judgment. But my friend, as we know, not everyone has a good conscience. A troubled conscience can have a devastating impact on our lives. It can make us feel anxious, depressed, physically ill, and even suicidal. My friend, our nation, our world is suffering from a troubled, destroyed conscience. That is why we see such a massive amount of people that are on medication for anxiety, depression, who are suffering every form of physical malady. And I'm not saying every physical malady is caused because of a bad conscience, but my friend, a bad conscience can absolutely cause bad physical health and even suicide. It can also make it difficult to concentrate, to make decisions, and to enjoy life. A troubled conscience is a serious matter that should not be ignored. 
It is a wound that needs to be healed. It is like a cancerous ulcer that consumes the whole body. If we do not take steps to heal our conscience, it will continue to eat away at us until we are destroyed. A damaged and troubled conscience can be caused by a variety of sins. We are often bombarded with messages that encourage us to be proud, covetous, envious, malicious, hateful, bitter, vengeful, sexually immoral, and unbelieving. These messages that turn into our actions can lead to a guilty conscience. Here are several suggestions for how to recover a troubled conscience. Number one, confess your sins to God and ask for forgiveness. We need to receive Christ's forgiveness. Christ's blood is the only balm that can heal a wounded conscience. My friend, mark it down. Christ's blood, his sacrificial blood shed on the cross, is the only balm that can heal a wounded conscience. When we receive Christ's forgiveness, our consciences are cleansed and we are restored to peace. Confession is essential because it is the first step to recovery. When we confess our sins to God, we are acknowledging that we have done wrong and that we are asking for forgiveness. Confession helps us to come to terms with our sin and to begin the process of healing. Number two, repent of your sins. Repentance is essential because it is a change of heart and life. Repentance is not just feeling sorry for what we've done. When we repent, we are turning away from our sin and turning towards God. Repentance helps us to turn our lives around and to begin to live a new life. The ability to confess our sins and repent of our sins both are a gift of God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 reminds us that for by grace you have been saved by faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Number three, make amends for your sins if possible. Restitution is important because we acknowledge that we have wronged someone and that we are trying to make things right. Restitution helps us to reconcile ourselves to those we have wronged and to begin to rebuild our relationships. Friend, restitution is not always possible, but when we do have the opportunity to talk to the offended person and confess our sin and to ask for forgiveness and take any necessary steps to restore what was broken by that sin, then God is glorified and everyone is blessed. Number four, forgive those who have wronged you. Holding on to anger and bitterness will only make our consciences worse. When we forgive others, we are not saying that what they did was right or okay. We are simply saying that we are not going to let their actions control our lives anymore. Number five, live a life of repentance and obedience to God. We need to trust in God's mercy. God is a God of love and forgiveness. He is willing to forgive us of our sins, no matter how great they may be. When we trust in God's mercy, we can find peace and comfort in our souls. Number six, living the godly life which nourishes your soul includes reading the Bible and praying regularly, spending time in fellowship with other believers, serving others in need, avoiding sin, and obeying God's commandments. My friend, if you are struggling with a troubled conscience today, I encourage you to do the following. Confess your sins to God. Repent of your sins. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior if you don't already know Him. Also, I remind you that devout Christians can absolutely suffer a damaged conscience, so this prescription for restored conscience isn't just for a lost person. Make restitution for your sins. Forgive those who've wronged you. Trust in God's mercy and live a life of repentance through the power of God's Holy Spirit. If you do these things, you will find peace and comfort in your soul. 
I encourage you to read Balm from Gilead to recover conscience. There'll be a link to it in the show notes. Adams' message is simple but profound. If we confess our sins to God, make amends for our wrongs, forgive those who have wronged us, and live a life of repentance and obedience to God, He will heal our troubled consciences and give us peace of mind. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.